Assalamu alaikum, welcome back to the Dadhood Podcast. This is episode three, and today I was joined by my good friend Ma'aruf. Uh, he's been my friend since we were about 11 years old and now we're 25 and we're still good friends, alhamdulillah. He's not actually a father, uh, but the reason that I brought him on is because he really understands my journey from being young to now being married and, and with kids. And uh, he's married and he's thinking about having kids. And so I thought it'd be a really good idea to bring him on so he could ask me questions and we could just speak about some of our experiences as being friends for such a long time and how we've transformed and how that's informed our decision to get married and to have kids as well. Um, so we talk about a number of things. We talk about uh, our relationship with Hamza, who came on the previous episode. Uh, we talk about some antics we got up to when we were younger. Uh, we talk about some questions that Ma'roof has had, you know, about are you ready to have kids and how do you prioritize between, you know, wanting to provide more for your family in terms of finances while it's working, but also spending time with them. What's the opportunity cost here? And we just went through a number of different rabbit holes. Um, I think you guys uh, will enjoy this and inshallah we will look to bring on Ma'roof more often um, because, you know, he can always have a lot more questions to, 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 to ask uh, myself so please do watch the rest of the episode don't forget to subscribe like comment share and all that good stuff Daddy. Daddy. all right so welcome back to the second episode here today i've got my good friend uh second this is number three g it's number three. Oh my number day. three act. so I, I basically just forgot about hamza's episode there yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think that's what we need to address first bruv why uh, on, why did on. hamza yeah, last episode, come on to this podcast oh, and he called you out. Something. Yeah, it's got this got this got nothing What's to do with Ma'roof. Yeah, this got nothing to do <laughs> with um, any of your antics in uh, Mecca or what happened in Umrah. You know, th- those kind of things. You know, they they they're not available for public viewing. But somehow Hamza <laughs> wanted to expose it, so I think you need to I think you need to address it right now, bro. What's going on? Alright, all right. we got to start with this one. Still, one second. <laughs> That laugh, that infamous laugh. You need, you, to, you need to play that again. Didn't hear that. All right, maybe what I'll do, I'll send you the clip in, and then you can just splice it in at the end. But basically, subhanAllah, like like you said in the previous podcast, that, that Umrah trip was very transformative, subhanAllah. It was like, I think, what, maybe one or two years after I started practicing. I'm not sure about yourself now. Yeah. And, yeah, like to visit the, the, the Kaaba, the Prophet's Masjid, um, and to do it with such an amazing group was like it was it was really beneficial subhanallah and and you know brother hamza you know he 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 has that balance between like being serious and like enjoying the the, the time there as well yeah um and yeah we we got on quite well subhanallah like we built friendships in that group with about in two weeks that we we still have today like you know it's quite powerful um and the brother actually i don't know if you remember when i went to um I visited the university. Maybe we can touch on that at some point. Yeah. Um. I actually met a, a brother from Uganda. Um, okay. At that university, at that at that time. Yeah. And I still keep in contact with him uh, regularly. And he reached out the other day, and he goes, "You know, I was given a khutbah, and I was just mentioning the fact that you know the people that you meet in Mecca and Medina, yeah. like it's it's a different type of connection you have with them." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Subhanallah, and I like that was just 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 a little side point to kind of touch on that. But yeah, the brother was an amazing guy. Um, yeah, man, it's crazy, right? It's true, it's true, bro. Because I remember that that Umrah trips when I first met uh, Ustad Umar Hajjaj because he was teaching mm. us uh, a few lessons in the evening. And yeah, ever since yeah. that Umrah trip, any time that I had seen him in in London uh, and he was doing anything, mm. you know, I would feel like I'd want to go and see him or I'd want to attend his classes. I'd want to get to know him a mm-hmm. bit more because of that interaction that I had in Umrah, the impact that he had on us. I think it was just like. You're out there and there's a there's a brother who's from the same area as you and he's out Ooh. there teaching Islam and it was like, wow, like that's that's like a whole nother step, it's a whole nother level. And so you felt that connection with him. And since because of that, like you know, being uh, uh, close with him, I've learned so many things. I've attended a lot of his classes. 100%. I've been able to network with a lot more people that he knows as well, other mashaykh and whatnot. Uh, so you're right, bro. Like the connections that you make in over there have like a have a like a big impact man but Huge bro do you remember do you remember that that trip up the mountain man bro oh I my god i can never forget <laughs> that was that was tough i remember like people were saying oh do you know climb that 
uh, climb up to Cave Hira, Laba, it's not going to be a problem. And, then and, you they, get, like, and, and the, the, whole, the whole group and left like, us, bro. Imagine, yeah, remember, it was, it was just... There was like six... It's like five six or seven of us, something like that, yeah. yeah. Just the just the men of the group, yeah. <laughs> and us as little <laughs> boys, yeah. <laughs> and uh, everyone else left. Sheikh Sheikh left. Uh, Hamza was in there as well, was he? Or was Hamza I'm there? I don't sure think he, Hamza was there. I don't, I don't think, think so. Was. I don't think Hamza was there. Me, you, Kareem. Did Muhammad yeah. Ali come? Uh, Muhammad Ali. I don't think he did, you know. I think that was probably know. the evening where we lost Muhammad Ali. Because we were coming back Mumkin. and we couldn't find him. <laughs> Mumkin, yeah, oh, he's a he's a legend, that guy. He's a legend. Legend, Sohan. But that that oh, trip, bro. So they, so we're going for the people, yes, uh, to to understand. Mm. We're going on a trip around uh, Mecca in terms of like a like a uh, ziyara is what they call it, seeing all the different mm-hmm. sites of uh, of Islam and where the Prophet visited and whatnot. Then we get to the foot of the the mountain where where near the top of it is Cave Hira, and. Um, they, they, she- we, we all get out of the car, you know, the, the brothers, the sisters, we're all taking pictures. The sheikh is, is explaining the story of how the process of travel here. I don't know whose idea it was. Maybe it was the sheikh's idea. He said, like, some people climb up mm. or something like that, yeah. Me mm. and Ma'aruf looked at each other and we were just like, <laughs> bro, bro, you have to go climb up this mountain. And all these other brothers are like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. But, uh, but, but not everybody wanted to. So most of the group, all of the women, mm. the children, some of the men, the Umrah guys, they all went back to the hotel. We stayed there. How are we going to get back? It's no worries. We'll get a taxi. We'll be fine. Yeah. Mm. So then we started the journey up the mountain. It took us like an hour or something like that to get mm. up the mountain mm. and then get to the cave. And whilst we're going up, man, it's just like amazing sights is to see like how you can see the Kaaba in the distance and you could imagine how the Prophet would, would look upon mm. the city and uh, and he would be out here in solitude. But at the same time, you had like it became like a like a business venture for some people. And on the side, they like selling to spear. The there was a cafe <laughs> at the top. They had prayer oh, beads, like, selling 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 to spear, selling mm, prayer mats, mm. all sorts, man. It was it was jokes, bruv. And then and yes, on the way yeah. down, do you remember we had to pack ten men into a car? <laughs> we were so all sitting on top of each other. Forget that. Subhanallah, was like six men. It was like a, you know, the clown cars when you see like ten men come out of the back. Subhanallah, there was like ten donnies in the back, scrambled <laughs> on top of each other. Subhanallah, we were just screaming all the way back to 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 the Kaaba to our hotel. Subhanallah. But yeah, man, it was, it's it's like you said, it's, it's incredible views, incredible sights, and to kind of put yourself in the Prophet Sallam's shoes to some extent and kind of look at the city and think about, um, you know, what it was like back then. So obviously, you've got all of this new technology buildings etc but before like it wasn't as advanced obviously as it is now and it's just have that landscape it's, it's quite surreal subhanallah yeah, i don't did you go I again go the second back, time man. when you went <clears throat> i went so i did go back second time to umrah but i didn't i didn't go there uh we did like mm. a we did like a quick ziyara so we got into yeah. um there's a there's a brother that studies there and uh, he mm. he basically takes like if people want to go in ziyara you can pay him a little bit and he'll take you around so we just jumped in his car me and my wife and he just uh, drove us around and showed us a uh, little bits here and there but we didn't do like a full get in stop get out mm. it was more like a, just a drive around there were a few points where we stopped to get out to take pictures um but mm. it was more of like a quick thing um, <clears throat> because we wanted to spend more time doing other things, basically. Yeah, no, of course, of course. Obviously, it's not like something you have to do, but obviously yeah. something that a lot of people do just to kind yeah, of like yeah, yeah. put themselves in the in the story when you're reading Sirah, etc. So yeah, man, Alhamdulillah, Definitely. brother Hamza, he he, he shut it down, man. That was a great trip. Even like Mashallah. brother Kareem, Subhanallah. Everyone um, held it down well, man. It's like it was it was a good trip, Mashallah. But that was that was. That was only one part of the antics that uh, me and you have had in our life. Yeah, oh. uh, I think these antics. Uh, that I don't happened, know. You know, you want to bring all of this up? <laughs> I don't worry. I'm not going to bring up many things, but I think it goes all the way back to starting at when we were 11 years old, going into high school. Before high school is quite significant, you know. Uh, but then going into high school, there's many uh, antics that were involved there. But it's just, it's just, uh, you know, I'm not really going to mention anything, yeah, um, except mm. for you're a fraud. But other than that, uh, 
This guy wouldn't tell me his his real name, yeah, for a whole year or two, man. He told me his name is Ahmed. This whole time I'm calling him Ahmed from from before before I knew him in uh, before high school. Then getting into high school, I hear the register go. He's in my class. Hey, missing Maruf, Maruf, and I'm like, who's Maruf? And he's like, yes, miss. I'm like, I thought this guy's name is Ahmed, you know. But uh, uh, what can I say? You know, Subhanallah. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, man. But you know, that's Macunia, that's maybe who knows. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but just, I, I, the reason I say that is because, um, you know, Alhamdulillah, we've had, uh, you know, a long time together in terms of our transformation mm. from being kids mm, to definitely. now we're both married and we've gone through significant points in our life together where things have changed yeah. for us and our priorities have changed and whatnot. And uh, I was speaking mm. to my wife. The other day we were reflecting on Umrah, which is why I brought up Umrah as well, is that um, <clears throat> we were saying if we went again, would we ever take the kids or not take the kids? Yeah, And uh, mm. there was a bit of a debate there, right? Because, um, you know, you want your you want the kids to experience all of that. But at the same time, when you're there, you just want to focus on Ibrahim. You, you don't want to focus on kids mm. running off and having to feed them and change them and whatnot. But what do you think if... Uh, if if you ever had that chance to do that, would you take kids or not? Yeah, so subhanAllah, alhamdulillah, at this very important moment in my life, I, I haven't been blessed with, with children, so, you know, we make dua, inshallah. Sure. But, um, yeah, it's it's a very, very, um, you know, interesting question, because obviously it would be amazing to have these memories of the Kaaba, the Prophet Sallallahu masjid, when you're a young, you, uh, you know, young toddler. But at the same time, you know, do you, would you really appreciate it? Would you remember it? And would it, you know, have a direct impact on the parents if you were to come? So personally, if, you know, my mother or, you know, my my um, my in-laws were able to look after the children um, during, you know, a one or two week period, then I think I probably would do that, to be honest with you, because it's yeah. like, it's a great kind of escape for, for, you know, husband and wife to kind of gel together as well and bond together as well. So... Um, yeah, I definitely think that having the children there might be a hindrance, but at the same time, it's like, at what age would you say then, fine, you can come along now? I'd say maybe about 11, 12, 13. I think yeah. those yeah. kind of formative, um, um, you know, that, that, that age group would probably benefit more from going to Umrah than, say, the, um, you know, zero to seven. But then again, you know, um, well, sometimes I guess it depends don't you think, like, think about yourself when back in the day when you were like, maybe six, seven years old, even five years old, you have memories of like going to places like like Thought Park, yeah, theme park. Yeah. So going to going to a fun fair or going to even a trip abroad like with your family. Mm. You do remember those things at that age. So, you know, wouldn't you want your kids to have the memory of Umrah at that time instead of anything else? Mm. <clears throat> yeah, no, de- definitely. So when you say it from that perspective, then I say definitely, you know, take them along. But at the same time, it's like, do you want it to be like, oh yeah, I've been Umrah, or do you want it to be like, oh, I'm yearning to go Umrah, and I'm you know 13, 14, and I want to have that transformation now, because true, for true. us, you know, we 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 didn't have that kind of tarbiyah at those early stages to that to the extent in which we want our children to have it have it now. So it's like, you know, do you want to be you know 16, 17, 18, where you're more focused on your you know Islamic development, and then really go there and and really feel that transformation, or do you want to just be like, yeah, let's go, Umrah, my parents have gone, let's go. And you might not appreciate it to that extent. Yeah. But I guess there's always an opportunity cost, isn't it? Yeah, you just have to weigh it up yourself and think, um, you know, what way works out best. But I think, I, I would say between the ages of zero to five, I'd say it just becomes a bit, it's a bit difficult, um, I would say. But then again, at the same time, it's like, you know, they might you know you make dua for your children etc in this place yeah, and yeah it's a place of baraka so it's it's, it's a difficult one yeah because you, you never know what impact it can leave on them right at mm. any age at any age right like you said there's a place mm. of baraka and just taking your children there and for them to feel and experience the baraka and for some some impact to happen within them that allah places within them that they they you know grow up you know, taking that baraka and, and it transforming them later in life, it could happen. But I think you're right. I think like most practical thing, yeah, for all parents uh, is gonna be no, leave the kids at home. Okay, we're not gonna try and we're not we're not thinking about changing nappies or feeding kids or putting them to sleep or just trying to take care of them whilst we're trying to do ibadah 
do tawaf, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, um, <clears throat> just be in a proper spiritual mindset. And, and also you have the, like, uh, that children, children are a matter of the dunya in one aspect, right? Mm-hmm. They're a matter of the akhirah in another aspect, but they're also a matter of the mm-hmm. dunya in one aspect. And you don't really want to take so much dunya with you when you're going on this trip. You know, you want to mm, yeah. take yourself and you want to like just connect with, disconnect from everything in this world and, and, and connect to everything in the next world. But, <clears throat> you know, hey, that takes me to, you know, you mentioned, obviously you don't have children and people are wondering, why did mm. you bring Ma'roof on this podcast? He doesn't have children. <laughs> this, is, this is dadhood. You're not even a dad, bro. Um, mm. But I thought it would be good to bring yourself on because of what I mentioned is that we've known each other for so long that you've seen, mm. number one, my journey from being silly in school to getting married to now having kids. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and what did you think about, about that? Like when I was... When I was getting married and I was uh, having kids, you could reflect upon who I was and who I am now. And what did you notice was the difference? Or how? what made you think, actually, this guy is ready? Or did you think, this guy's not ready? Like, the other day, he was just, like, kicking a dustbin through the, uh, <laughs> through the, through the school window, yeah? So... <laughs> what did you think? SubhanAllah. No, it's a, it's, a, it's a good question, SubhanAllah. Like, one thing that I always reflect on when it comes to you in particular is that even before, like, we, we always had Islam in our life. Like, let's not deny that. We always had Iman to some extent. Whether it was, uh, alhamdulillah, you know, we had God consciousness, you know, we, we, we would, you know, fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we knew, like, you know, that's, things are correct, things are not correct, etc. And, you know, we, we kind of made our own group. I'm not going to mention no names, but um, <laughs> we had our own little gang. Uh, but subhanAllah, like, I remember back then, you always mentioned um, that you wanted to get married young, number one, and that you wanted to have kids young, number two. Yeah. Now, I remember you probably saying this in, like, year seven, no. Probably year eight or nine, I think. Maybe yeah. year nine. Year seven's a bit early, man. Yeah, <laughs> year seven's a bit too early now. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was probably Berkson, so nine or ten. Nine or ten, something like 10. that, yeah. So, um, so, yeah, like, when you said, oh, I'm getting married, well, you know, your journey to marriage, I think that's also, a, like, you know, a separate topic altogether. Like, yeah. that journey is very difficult, and that journey is, you know, very time-consuming. Um, there's a lot of um, things you need to consider, etc., um and yeah like you know you you kind of went through that journey and you found a spouse that you connected with mashallah and you decided to go ahead with it now you went umrah quite early and i remember you were saying that you know that trip was great for you you two guys to go together and then you know soon after that you found that you you know you guys were were pregnant alhamdulillah so you know obviously everyone's gonna have an opinion like people will say oh that's too early yeah. you should have got to know each other or you know developed yourself and then there's going to be a group of people that say that's great you know mashallah tabarakallah so it's like um you know my advice is not in particular going to be like you know beneficial to that extent but at the same time like i don't see a problem with 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 getting married and and having children straight away yeah i think that it kind of gives you that serious mindset straight away yeah. I've been married now for what two and a half years yeah. and I wouldn't say that I'm taking my studies and my tarbiyah as seriously as I possibly would if I had a child for example because right, right. I know that my child is going to be a um, you know a replication of me it's going to mm. you know uh, you know you know <coughs> copy my mannerisms my etiquettes etc so who am I to then be the same person and not develop myself and it's like you don't have that pressure when you don't have a child per se. Like just yeah. like yeah, whatever, just live your life, study. Uh, it's not saying that I'm lazy. Okay, you study here, yeah. you do your 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 acts of ibadah, read books, etc. Gain out. Like in like, am I being as serious as I could be? And I think that I see, I saw that seriousness with you straight away. Like right, you right, kind of right. put into you were you started off marriage you were in gear one, let's say. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. you got a child. It was like you're putting gear five straight away, <laughs> and that that's like. You know, it might be the engine might buckle, but then you know you manage to pick yourself up, and now, mashallah, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. on child number two, and you really take everything a bit more seriously, mashallah. And I think that's, um, you know, a very, um, you know, interesting kind of aspect to kind of look at it from yeah. because you need to make sure that you're. I think that's the advice that um, Sheikh Abid gave. I remember, 
we linked him up and yeah. um, we sat outside in the freezing cold outside basking around <laughs> it. I remember it like it was Classic, yesterday. bro, classic. MashaAllah. And he just gave it to you straight up. He's like, look, you know, MashaAllah, great news. But who are you? Like, are you the person you want your child to be? Mm. And we've gone through the process of, you know, going through right and wrong. Like you said, you know, we went through high school, we went through all of that. And we know exactly what kind of process we would want for our children because we would want that for ourselves at that age. True. Like, for example, we know the importance of Hifth. Yeah. We know the importance of Quran. We know the yeah. importance of Arabic. Yeah. We, we, we kind of understood that, you know, late teens, like mm. 18, 19, 20 years when we were like, oh, Arabic's really important now. Whereas before it was just like, a, it, was a, it was a ritual. I'm going to just read Quran because my parents or, you know, I go to the madrasa. But you wouldn't want to like develop that knowledge. Whereas now we know Arabic school from a young age. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. you're going to have your own sheikh and you're going to be reading, uh, you know, every day, one hour, morning, evening, practice, revision, whatever it is, and you're going to make sure you do it. So it's like, um, yeah, so so I guess that's that's kind of it, to be honest. But mashallah, I think that um, I think that's great for, for not just you know, your child at the end of the day, but for yourself, because you're putting the pressure on yourself, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 that's so true. That's so true. Zakla khair, bro. I think that's like, uh, that, that's one advice I would I would I would give. To, I mean, it's good that you know that for yourself. You don't have children yet, but you're you're already mm. discovering that. And I think that's the exposure that you've had to me, the exposure you've had to like uh, Aaron, uh, exposure you had to mm. you know other friends that that do have children that that are similar age to you. I think, alhamdulillah, you're in that blessed position where you can then learn off of us or see our experiences, see our mistakes, and then yeah. and then once once you have children, you can then implement that. But some sometimes people. They don't, they don't have that kind of community around them, which is what I mentioned in the last podcast, right, with Hamza, is he asked me why I started mm. this, and I said that I find that many people don't have that community around them, right? When they, when they want to mm. get married and they want to try and go into things, like I get messages from brothers saying that, can you give me some advice because I don't know any of this stuff. And mm. I'm thinking that, don't you have friends? Like, these are, these are, these are not even brothers mm. I can hang around with, yeah? These are people messaging me online. And I'm like, I'm mm. thinking to myself, don't you have friends or don't you have family you don't have mm. uncles and whatnot that that will explain this to you but it's, it's, it's a lot of the times that's that's not really there it's not really there so it's important mm. that that people uh, that we have platforms like this to, to to help people to realize those things and and that's what i would tell like what you've mentioned is what i would tell brothers who are thinking about having children is to number one try and really understand and this is not to say that I definitely had this before having children, but it's to really understand like what do you, what, what do you want for yourself? Yeah, what do you want for yourself? Like you mm. said, because you know, like you said, I think that's the best thing you said is that you, your children are going to be a reflection of you. Yeah, so you, you really, you really have to know what you want for yourself. And <clears throat> I think I, I did, like you mentioned, like I had that to an extent, like from the beginning, I, I always thought about my future and I knew kind of, the type of person I wanted to be or where I wanted to go in my life. But <clears throat> neither did I have it 100%. Nobody can have it 100% to know exactly like mm. by this age, this is who I'm going to be and this is how much I'm going to achieve. But, but you should have a solid grounding within yourself to know that the next few years in my life are going to look like this and uh, uh, these are the types of things I want to achieve and this is the type of person who I want to be. And what, once you have that quite strong, um, then I would say, you know, you're... you're definitely ready for things like like kids and and marriage and 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 whatnot and mm. and then the rest of the journey can then unfold itself from that point but i feel like sometimes brothers get stuck at that point like alhamdulillah i think you had that and you decided now it's time for me to get married and very soon you're gonna decide now it's time for me to have kids because you're you're going through that process mm. of understanding yourself and understanding your spouse and seeing where you want to be in the next couple of years but I find that a lot of people they get stuck uh thinking that they still don't know themselves i still don't know myself i still don't know myself i still don't know myself and next thing you know they're 30 they're 35 they still haven't been married they still don't have kids and it's taking them a long time and that's not to say that when you get older that's that's a bad sign like people go through their own journeys people have their own mm, timelines 100%. yeah people have their own timelines and i know people who who got married later and mosha they're living an, an amazing life and they've got kids and they're having an excellent marriage right that's not to say you get married later and then it's going to be bad for you but where the bad point is is that you had the chance and you kept delaying it right 
if you never had mm. the chance that's something else right but if you had the chance you knew that you could have done it at this point but you kept delaying it because you were doubting whether you understand yourself and you understand your journey and that's like that's like an uh, sort of an illusion that's being played in front of your mind and it's, it's distracting you from what you could really be doing and how much you could really be progressing uh by taking that step and getting married and then looking to start a family unit and whatnot um and there's this like so many benefits to it but i think i'll let i'll let you ask you know it, it, what you know if you have any 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 questions you know, you're you're that person at the moment and uh you're essentially like who i'd want to speak to in terms of giving advice right because you're at that stage where mm. you could potentially have children soon um and there's so many benefits to starting a family so you know i could go on for ages but you tell me <laughs> mashallah no no jazakallah khair that's um that's 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 profound yeah 100 um yeah great uh let's go on to a question inshallah when, you, when when are you ready i think that's a very important question mm. when can you definitively say i'm ready <clears throat> there's never going to be a point where you can say 100% you're ready I think you knew that was going to come in it <laughs> <laughs> I, I think everybody I think everybody knows that, that that's going to be the answer is that there's no 100% definitive answer to am I going to be ready to have kids because it's it's kind of like I mean you've gone through the marriage thing yeah is is um obviously you're married uh, so uh there's the, the 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 kind of mindset is similar in a way where you make that jump into marriage right you can never say that you're 100% ready to bring a a woman into your life to bring another person into your life and to 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 live with that person and to spend every moment with that person like that's a big commitment yeah and to say I'm 100% ready to take on that commitment or responsibility in all aspects and all angles. I don't think anybody can do that. I think ask anybody who's been married and when they got married, did they did they have every single box checked when it came to uh understanding th- their readiness for marriage? Yeah, they they'll say no. They'll say no 100%, yeah. I think you know that yourself and I know that. But there's a there's a point where you you know that you've passed a threshold in a way. Yeah. You've passed the threshold and there may still be other boxes that you have to check or there may be other experiences you need to have but once you've passed that threshold there's no point of delaying that 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 kind of jump into marriage and that that threshold it looks a bit different for for different people but like for example for me it was that um uh am I am I comfortable enough with who I am as a person like do I understand who I am right i i'm shoaib and i enjoy these particular um uh, topics and passions and i uh this is my level of practicing and i understand my potential to practice more and you know this is my relationship with my family members and these are the responsibilities i have mm. like mm. once you kind of get a good understanding because that's like that's like moving from like a being a, a, a kind of you could say like a student or like a a young boy to becoming kind of like a a young man in a way yeah is that mm. when you're a student or a young boy you don't really think about the responsibilities beyond yourself and everything is pretty much about like what you want to do and and the things you like to do but once you start thinking you have responsibilities beyond that you know you need to serve your parents you need to have uh, you know um, kind of create those family ties you know that you need to uh, think about your future and how much money you're going to earn and where you're going to get a job and what not i think those moments are what then uh, propel you towards thinking about um how how your how your life is going to pan out not just according to yourself but according to pe- the people around you and that's kind of the threshold i think is where you realize okay that is when Ooh. you're like cool i know myself and i know where i'm going and i can bring somebody into my life but you haven't experienced everything in the world yet yeah Ooh. and and that's fine because now you can do that with your spouse you can do that uh, uh during your marriage yeah because you've got those foundations in so it's a similar thing when it comes to children is that you haven't experienced all the things about uh, uh wh- how you want to manifest uh your your own vision um you haven't you haven't been able to complete all the objectives that you want to achieve according to your vision you haven't been able to explore everything there is to explore about your wife yeah um mm. 
in terms of her likes, her dislikes, and all all sorts of stuff. Yeah, those things can take years to to really truly Ooh, understand a person and 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 build with them and 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 to create this kind of solid gel. Yeah, that's gonna take years. But if if you guys as a as a couple have become comfortable with the fact that uh, you guys are together and this is this is uh, where you guys want to go potentially in the future and you you, you both know how you want to do that, then I think you're ready then to say we can bring children into the mix because because mm. uh, then you, all those other things you experience with the children and you won't, you won't ever be able to really experience those things without the children. So you're going to have to bring the children in the mix because when children mm. come in is when the marriage then takes the next level and yeah. you can't really get to the next level without without having the church you're thinking to yourself yeah that i'll give it like two more years three more years i'm still building my marriage i'm still trying to get to know my spouse a bit mm. better i'm still trying to get to that next level in our marriage but that next level is not going to come until you do have the children so as long as you've got that mm. foundation between you and your wife and you know what you guys are going i think you guys can think about having children and then that will then start taking things to the next level inshallah Inshallah, I don't know. I felt like that was a very abstract answer, man. But hopefully, it makes sense. Yeah, no, it's it's yeah. I mean, you touched on a few points there. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's down to obviously the qadr of Allah. You know, so uh, you know, Allah subhanahu wa taala might not you know bless yeah, you with children, true. yeah, and that's the reality. And you know, we have uh, countless stories um, that you know, you know, couples they travel numerous years and they don't they don't um, have that blessing, and then you know, maybe fifteen. Uh, you know, years after they've been married, they, they, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala decides to bless them. So, you know, it's it's all it's all good to kind of like say, you know, this is how you should plan it and move on with your life. Uh, but then the, real, the 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 reality of it is that it's not really in our hands to to be quite quite blunt. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, we make dua and we ask Allah Subhanahu wa Taala to bless us with that which is beneficial for us. Because, yeah, like you said, you know, our children could be a fitna for us as well. It's true, um, and it can take you outside of the fold of Islam um, to to the extreme. Um, you know, you find that you know people, you know, they'll sacrifice everything for their children, um, not realizing that um, your children can be a test for you. Uh, but yeah, no, that's that's definitely true. Um, like you said, you can never really be be ready, and it's kind of it, it, when you said that, it reminded me of of when. Uh, Baijan, Muhammad Arshad, um, back in the day when we used to link up, yeah. when he was about about the end, um, the old uh, crew that we used to study with him, um, he took us out once and he kind of like sat us down. He's like, okay, this was maybe four years ago now, I think. He sat us down. And he goes, you man are ready for marriage now. So everyone's yeah. like, what? What do you mean, Baijan? You know, you had brothers that are two years older than me. Uh, majority were the same age as me, and one brother was one year younger. How old were you guys at this age? Like, Probably I'd say 21 Because it wasn't okay. too long before I got married myself Okay. So I'd say 21, 24 now, 25 this year, subhanAllah But uh, yeah, so it was, it was probably about four years ago, I'd say And I remember he was just like, look You guys need to be be a bit serious about it now Start looking for spouses, blah, blah, blah And he kind of went through his, his journey And what was interesting about that And it's something that you also touched on When, when I discussed it with you at the time mm. That you have to have your conditions and once mm. those conditions are met, then there shouldn't be anything else that you should really consider. Yeah. So, for example, Bajan was asked us, he's like, oh, you know, does she need to be a hijabi? And, you know, some said yes and some said no. Yeah. And then he was like, you know, reality is, is that actually you would want her to be at least a hijabi and practicing, etc. So that's a condition. Yeah. So when I had those conditions set out, that process of me then looking for a spouse was a lot easier. And I didn't really think twice about all of the, the minor things that come afterwards yeah. because yeah. that can be ironed out afterwards. The main conditions were met. And you know, um, Alhamdulillah, I was happy, and and things went forward. So it's when you mention now, it's a very good point. Yeah, now, the, the minor versus the major stuff—that's a very good point. Exactly, that's, that's very very important because you find that a lot of people, they will have all their major conditions met, and they'll still wait. They'll still sit on things. Yeah. And this is from Shaitan, no yeah. doubt. And this is why actually I sped the process up as quickly as I could. And my parents actually said, no, wait until December, wait until December. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we got married in July and it was quite difficult because it wasn't too, it was only like a year and a bit after my brother got married. So right. weddings back to back for the family, you know, weddings can be stressful. Yeah, of course. Um, so she, my mom was like, look, wait, wait, wait. And I was like, you know, I understand where you're coming from, but 
I haven't got a reason to really wait. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. there isn't really a reason for me to wait now other than just time and convenience. And mm. for me, that's not something that I would uh, prefer to wait for. And even till today, my mom, she mentions, you know, um, it would have been easy if you did, but alhamdulillah, everything's happened for a reason. So it's like, now that you mention, obviously, when it comes to children, that, that same concept sprung to mind. Like, your minor and major things that you want to have, um, you know, um, ironed out before you even have children. And like you said, there are things that you can never really have ironed out. Say, for example, I want to be fluent um, in Arabic. Well, yeah. you know, that's a that's a lifelong journey. You'll always be developing yeah, yeah, that skill. Yeah. So you can't say, I'm ready now. I'm going to have a child now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. like maybe there'll be at least I'll have a very good foundational uh, level of Arabic where I'm able to say, you know, um, you know, this is a pen, this is a book. So then when the child is, is, is you know, learning with the, with the different um, resources you provide for the child, you know, they can learn the basics as well. Yeah, yeah. So I think that I think that you kind of have to have a, a, a minor, a major kind of condition in your head. For example, I want to have three jewels memorized. So when I'm praying Salah and the child is there sleeping in the court or, you know, waiting for me to finish Salah, yeah. he's, you know, listening to, you know, Surah Mulk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and he's, you know, not just listening to Jazama for the rest of his life. You know what I mean? So it's like, I guess these are minor to some extent, but then, you know, at the end of the day, who are we to say minor and major? Because this is down to the color of Allah. It's yeah, in the hands yeah, yeah. of Allah. If he decides to bless you with a child, then you get blessed with a child. Um, you know, a, a, a family member of mine um, has been married for a number of years. Uh, mashallah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, blessed him with a, with a COVID baby. Alhamdulillah. So, um, you know, it's just. Everything happens in its own time, and like you said, you can never really be ready for it. Yeah. But if you have these things ironed out that you know will be foundational for that child's development, then you should be focusing on it now rather than waiting. Okay, mashallah, we've done the pregnancy test. My wife is pregnant. Now I want to start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you'll find that you're going to have to do, and you can even touch on that. Like maybe we can go into it now. Like, how do you be not just a provider? For your wife before pregnancy but be the man for your wife while she's pregnant because yeah, we man. know that there's all of those difficult things that they go through subhanallah yeah. you hear stories of women that are puking constantly yeah, and subhanallah. you know they have to get their, their teeth replaced because of the acid that's like right their teeth subhanallah and we're here you know smiling while we're on our bed <laughs> playing games and your wife is there struggling to breathe because she's got a, a child in her stomach subhanallah so it's like I definitely want to touch on that as well. But yeah, I, tell, I tell my wife all the time, yeah, <laughs> that um, uh, when when she was in 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 going through labor in the room in the hospital, um, labor is obviously it's a long period. Yeah, a lot to like in movies and mm. stuff. They they make it seem like you get in and it's like, oh, and then the baby comes out, right? It takes yeah. a long time, yeah, to get through the whole labor process. <laughs> so I'm there. It's like I don't know. It's probably two a.m. or something, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm my wife's on the bed. And the thing is, the hospitals, yeah, they don't care about the husbands. So I'm there. And all I have is like this chair, like some solid chair yeah, that I have yeah, to sit yeah. on. And, I, and I'm tired. I'm sleepy. yeah. <laughs> and it's some solid chair. And I'm trying to get comfortable. And I always tell my wife, I said, you know what? Labor was so difficult. You know, I can't believe I had to go through that. No chair, no, no, you know, no bed, <laughs> just a chair, solid chair. Subhanallah. But now, in all seriousness, um, bro, that 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 moment of realizing that your your child is coming and you're gonna have to support your wife through this pregnancy, that is uh, mm. um, it, it's like another it's like another mini level, yeah. That 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 mm. goes up between you and your wife uh, because uh, you're ne- you're again you're not really gonna be ready for that until you jump into it until you experience it. Mm. And for me, man, when I when I heard the news, yeah, my wife told me that she took the test, yeah, and she's pregnant. I was just like, whoa, like, not whoa is, is in the sense that I, I didn't want it or expect it or something. I was, uh, I was mm. happy about, the, about that, that she's pregnant and we're having a child, but whoa in the fact that I, I have to do all these things that I haven't, like, I didn't think about. Like, so as soon as mm. she told me, the first things that got, started life got going serious. through, life got serious. So the first things that are going mm. through my mind was like, okay, over the next nine months, what's going to happen? There's going to be a uh, doctor's appointment. Um, she's going to be feeding uh, weak and this, that. Okay, so what are the types mm. of things that she might need? She's going to get bigger. What types of clothes might she need? What type of nutrition mm. will she need? Because now there's a there's there's, mm. a, there's a baby to feed inside her as well. So what things does she, is she not going to have? What things does she need? 
need to have um what about traveling and stuff like how much are we able to travel do i need to you know is it safe to go on public transport is it not safe to go on public transport um thinking about uh, the dates of the different doctor's appointments and thinking okay my work calendar how does it look when are you know in first trimester how many appointments are they going to be i'm going to have to take time off work or not in the second trimester how things going to be right but these are like the, the things that are going through my mind when, when my wife is telling me that she's pregnant it's all these like basically it's such a man things all the logistical stuff in it for her she's mm. probably thinking like oh my god i'm having a child <laughs> and you know oh and, and maybe thinking about oh i'm gonna get so big and whatnot like and yeah. and and, and yeah. And kind of, she's more thinking about like her, her, how her relationship with the baby is going to be that's growing inside of her. Me, I'm thinking mm. about all these external logistical stuff, and I think that's just how men and women are, yeah. Um, and then mm. the biggest thing also was at the time we weren't living together, so um, uh, we were visiting each other back and forth. I was in London, she was all the way in Essex, and the other side of Essex, and so oh, you know, yeah, we, I remember now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we would just meet mm. each other when we can, basically, mostly on the weekends, um, mm. and uh, so and she was still she was still a student at that point. I had graduated, but she was still in university. So she was living with uh, her friends in a in a student mm. house while she's pregnant and i'm thinking i need to get her out of there like that is not appropriate but at the same time she still needs to attend university and she needs to finish it off mm. how is she going to do that while she's pregnant where are we going to live then right so i was thinking where well, she can come mm. i'm living with my mom at the moment but i'm like that's not going to work okay because there's going to be too many people in the household we ideally we need to get our own space and especially with if your wife's pregnant, you need to give her mm. a lot of space and, and you know, there, there shouldn't be a lot of people coming in and out of the house because, you know, she, she needs to have that, uh, she just needs that space to herself basically for her mental health and, and whatnot, right? So I thought to myself, that's it, man, I'm going to have to move out. Like, this is like serious now. Like, this is not just moving out for uni where it's like, yeah, yeah, we're going to go live with my boys and we're going to chill out for three mm-hmm. years, you know, in accommodation, in, in the student dorms or whatnot. This is like, I'm actually going to have to properly rent a place and start a family here. So all of these things, how, where, where, I was creating, literally I was creating spreadsheets and documents about all this stuff. I was going, I was Googling, I was at NHS. (laughs) Okay, nutrition and NHS for pregnant women. Okay, baby's Mm. development. What's the baby's development in this week and this week and this week? Um, housing okay should i live in this area this area what what did the different housing prices mean how do i understand what makes the rent higher and lower maybe i need to get like a a second bedroom do i not right uh all of these things were going through my mind at that moment and i had to like do a lot of research and document everything so it did Mm. feel quite overwhelming at the time and also at that time I was I was also studying part time, so I started my masters. So I was working full time, and mm. I'd started my masters part time. And uh, by by that time, I'd already done uh, one term of my masters had been completed, and I was going into my second term. And uh, I was already behind on on on, <laughs> on some uh, deadlines, yeah, mm. uh, because it was quite it was just a difficult uh, thing to balance full time work and that but now i had to balance also taking care of my wife while she's pregnant and trying to move out and trying to get a house and whatnot right so i i thought i could not keep up with my studies so i had to stop my part-time studies and um and delay them to come back another time which i never completed which is another story um (laughs) soon inshallah soon inshallah inshallah uh so there was just like a lot of things that had to change and and i think that was that was like a a big realization of how much responsibilities I have now and um, how much I'm just going to have to handle. And so um, from that point onwards throughout the pregnancy, you're right. You have to be a man for your wife, man. Like it's so important because mm. at the end of it, like if you think about it like this, she's the one that is uh, kind of nurturing this child inside of her, her body. And so you're the one that has to like guard all of that and ensure that all of that is being protected. Of course, firstly, it's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that allows for all that to happen and provides this protection. Yeah. But you as a man have responsibility within, you know, between you and your wife to really take care of her. And um, you have to start sacrificing things. Yeah. You have to sacrifice time with the boys. You have to sacrifice time with family even. Um you have to uh, 
sacrifice even your favorite foods, yeah, because you have to start eating more healthy. Okay, you can't be getting takeaways all the time and yeah. hitting up uh, amigos, yeah, and hitting up uh, what was that place, bro? Choco Rios, Rios, and Choco Grill, man. That was the one, bro. Uh, Choco Grill was the one. Been there a while, man. What was then? Shout out. Um, maybe they can sponsor this episode, <laughs> innit? I'll hit them up. I mean, inshallah, inshallah. <laughs> I, do you know? Do you know Choco Grill? Yeah, that's what I I got for my nikah. Did you know that? Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tasted it first bite. I was like, "This Woo! is unique flavors, man." <laughs> that was the one, bro. Um, that was the bang bang. But yeah, man, you have to you have to really think about uh, being there for your wife, and uh, you have to really think about uh, also your your relationship with your child at that point as well, because children can start to hear in the womb from a very very early age. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they can they can also experience touch. Like if you touch your wife's bump, they they can experience that. They they know what that feels like. So from a very early age, you as a father can already start connecting with your child. Of course, the child's connected with the mother. Like he's living inside of mm-hmm. her. Yeah, but and you mm-hmm. might be thinking as a father, like all I have to do is take care of my wife, and that's the biggest responsibility. Yes, you have to take care of her mm-hmm. and serve her needs at that time. But secondary to that is you can already start building a relationship with your child during that pregnancy stage, um, because mm. they can hear things oh, and they can they can experience it and touch. And so you know, speaking to to the child and um, and touching the bump and reciting Quran, uh, all these types yeah, of things definitely. is is important at that stage, um, definitely. And I feel like um, I've heard lots of stories about um, fathers who are just not active in their child's life uh from that point uh and also whilst they're very young not that they, they're not there like like that they're, they're a bad father what i mean is that they they don't see it their role or their responsibility to be involved in the child's nurturing at an early stage and um mm. and i don't that might be due to like cultural norms that might be two different things yeah but there is a you know a lot that you can do as a father and i think you should do as a father from the moment of from from the time of pregnancy in terms of speaking to the child while it's in the womb reciting quran etc mm-hmm. and then when the child is born you know taking care of the child changing the child holding the child cuddling the child putting the child to sleep like all of these things i find that um in in certain cultures uh, and and I think that is is quite prevalent in in my culture in the Pakistani Asian culture. It does happen. My culture too, mashallah. Yeah. Is that your culture as well? Yeah. <laughs> really? Okay. Maybe maybe another episode where you can go into uh, the multiple passports that you have. Yeah. <laughs> Fake passports. Born identity. <laughs> mashallah, mashallah. <laughs> Sorry to cut you off there, Karen. No problem, Ahmed. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> you sip your water, bro. You sip your water. Let me see. Oh, change it. Turn into coffee now. <laughs> You're prepared for this podcast, you know. Man's got coffee on deck, water on deck, ready. <laughs> How about you don't interrupt me next time? I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. Go, go right ahead. Um, culture. You're talking about your culture. Culture. Yeah, I think it, it does our happen. Culture, go ahead. Our, our mm. culture. Yeah, uh, it does. It does happen. Um, Maybe I think I think it's becoming less popular. Like that, that's not it's not so much the case anymore. But I think definitely, you know, there ha- there have been cases that I know of as well. Like just fathers don't want to really um, be involved in, in in those kind of things, you know. And uh, that can, uh, if you are involved, that can really increase your chances of your. You, the nurturing relationship that you have with your child and the impact that it can leave on your Ooh. child and you yourself as a father it gives you a whole another um, realm of uh, connection and understanding about how the child Ooh. develops and and who they are as well you know like I couldn't I couldn't imagine these two and a half years that I've had with with Isa that I wasn't I wasn't really involved in any of these things. Like, how how could you how could you kind of not be yeah happening. like sit back and and not really take an active role? Like, I don't get it. Like for me, I have to be there, man. Like, mashallah, mashallah. No, it's it's, it's definitely true, and it, it kind of reminds me as soon as you brought that up of like the opportunity cost once again, because it's not easy to live in London, especially when you're mm. the breadwinner. Um, and I only realized that as soon as I moved out, because I was comfortable um, at home. 
and not really having a, a solid kind of career focus as well. And then as soon as I had that opportunity, Alhamdulillah, um, I had the um, opportunity to move out. And only then I realized, SubhanAllah, the difficulty um, that one has to be a man. I think that's a very interesting point because, you know, we're all men, even though I still think and act like a child. You know, as, as a man now, you have roles and responsibilities. You've got to pay these bills. We've got to make sure that you are um, taking care of your own mental well-being so that you can be... Um, you know, uh, a listening ear to your wife for whatever reason it might be. You know, sometimes after work yeah. I might be like, you know, you know what, I need to get my switch out or to, you know, play some brawl or whatever <laughs> it might be, just like switch off. But sometimes I've got to put myself in the position of my wife and, you know, she's not seen me for seven hours and for her she true. just wants to spend 20 minutes with tea. True, true. So I've got to be that person to kind of um, look at the opportunity cost here. What's the benefit if I take time out? What's the benefit if I don't? Maybe if I have tea, I'll be cranky. And I might not be mm. the, the man that she wants me to be at that moment. But if I play games, I might take that breath. <laughs> whatever it might be. You know, even play games, have the mushaf ready, pray, yeah. read some Quran, do your adhkar, whatever it might be. For me, that's my outlet. Um, I'm not saying... Don't lie, bro. Hours, Zelda, like Zelda, 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 Zelda. MashaAllah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's just like, just to have that 15 minutes, to switch off from work, switch off from everything, read Quran, whatever it may be, and then be that best person you can be. And I think that that's why I, I kind of mention opportunity cost a lot because even before this podcast, even before like I even moved out, I would always think about like my father, for example. Mm. And my father, subhanAllah, he's, um, you know, he's an independent individual. Um, he's never liked to work for someone, start his own business. Um, uh, mashallah, uh, was able to provide. Um, but what was the opportunity cost of that? Because of his work ethic and the way that he would, uh, you know, hustle. Um, he wasn't there for us maybe for those formative years. Mm. Now, not to say that he wasn't there, say, between the ages of um, zero to seven, because of course he was. He wasn't like an absent father. He was yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but when he was there, it was, you know, after the 12-hour shift mm. where he was with knockout. And of course, like, I, I actually do remember, you know, being happy to see my dad, you know, chilling with him, etc. Mm, mm, mm. But, you know, I might not have had that same relationship, say, someone that... Um, you know, had that dad that worked nine to five. So when, you know, they came home from school, dad was there and was like chilling and playing games or whatever it might be. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, what was the opportunity cost there? You have a work in a company and not be a self-made individual um, and, and, and be there for your family or provide for your family. So it's like, it's difficult to kind of sit here and then like make judgment on someone's decision because... At the end Is of the day... that why you started reselling swimming pools, yeah? SubhanAllah. I still got them, you know, Allah was <laughs> Like, I, I have still got them. They didn't sell well. Allah was fine. Maru, so much yeah. big reseller, bruv. You hit him up, hit him up on eBay. Mr. Marofias. No, alhamdulillah. Like, yeah, exactly like that. Because when you come out and you realise that you need to have multiple avenues of income just to survive here. Mm. Like I said, like my dad, he, he could have had that nine to five job and he did at the beginning of his um, career. And he kind of said to himself, no, nah, I can't do this. And if he did have that, then maybe we wouldn't be in the, in the house that we lived in. True. We wouldn't have had True. the lifestyle that we would have had. True. So I'm here saying my dad wasn't there, why well, wasn't he there? But then if he was there, maybe we'd be in a council estate and I would have grown up in a, in a rougher mm. area. So it's like the opportunity cost is, is, is a very important concept to kind of uh, consider even like obviously it's a business model economic model but you can also use it in, in throughout your life like you know when you move out when you get a new career whenever whatever it is that you're doing what is the opportunity cost and what's the impact of that decision on my family that's such a good point yeah, bro because i don't think i don't think this gets discussed enough in terms of the the types of really hard decisions that fathers do have to make uh, especially early early on when the children are young as well is because as 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 a father you know you're most likely to be the 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 sole either either the the main earner or the sole earner in the family yeah or the main mm. or even if both both are providing you're you're putting in more towards the the maintenance Ooh. of the household and whatnot yeah that's most likely the Ooh. case and if that's the case then you have to then uh think about whether you should work harder take on more hours or take on try and start more businesses or take on more part-time jobs or whatnot so you can earn more money so that your family can be more comfortable versus having time with your family time with your wife and with your kids Ooh. yeah that Ooh. is essentially what you're saying the opportunity cost and i don't yeah. think those hard decisions are talked about a lot it's something that 
as uh, obviously something that I've only just realized uh, becoming a dad mm-hmm. um but uh, but also I've seen that that's definitely not something that is 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 like uh, is spoken about in the sense that you're going to have to make these decisions and here's here's the way that you can navigate those decisions it's like you just most people just seem to be thrown into that and nobody really appreciates the fact that these are very hard decisions these are things that can have a lot of toll on your mental health and your physical health 100%. you know because if you're working so many hours physically you're getting damaged but then you also need to keep up that kind of posture for when you come home and your children want to play with you yeah so you're like mm. finished mate yeah and uh, mm-hmm. and um, and then also your mental health yeah so you you're always thinking about how you're going to provide for your family but also you want to give enough time to your children so you're all, always thinking about that too is that or oh, what if they grow up and they don't they 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 start saying things like they never saw me when when they were younger mm. but that's because I was out there trying to help them trying to get money for them mm-hmm. and uh, if you mm. read some of these like, like um books from the successful millionaires and whatnot you find that a lot of them say that um in the beginning it was such a struggle to 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 get my business off the ground not just because of trying to figure out my the correct business model but because i wasn't spending enough time with my family and my wife and my kids and they were suffering because of that and i knew they were suffering because of that but i couldn't do anything about it because i was trying to make my millions basically yeah and mm. then the thing is some of them justify it by saying that yeah well now my family's got the millions and they're okay but at the same time but i think about it? is, is it worth it? worth it yeah is it worth it I'm like saying. the thing that you sacrificed that time with the children that that yeah. the, the bond they could have had with you during that time the the moments that you missed out on yeah is it is that worth more than a million Money. like it's not monetary it's, it's not, not monetary, monetary bro i think we realize in life like the things we value the most, you can't put a monetary value on it. And this is what I tell the, because, you know, I do a lot of, um, you know, working in the side of school, dealing with a lot of the youth. I, keep, I tell them, you know, if there's any words that you need to, like, tattoo into your brain and live by, for me, it's consistency, mm. being consistent in whatever it is that you do. Just be consistent in it. Even if it's 10 minutes a day, just do it every day for 10 minutes. And also the value of time. Yeah, the value of time, subhanAllah. I say time is the only thing uh, that you get for free that costs you the most. It's the only thing that you get for free. And I, I, I didn't make the call up. I'm sure I got it from somewhere. But I keep, <laughs> I, keep, I keep saying it to them because I need them to realize. And we know this from Surah Al-Asr as well. Wal-Asr inna l-insana fi khusr. A'udhu billahi minash shaitan rajim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Wal-Asr inna l-insana fi khusr. Illa ladhina amnu wa amnu salihat wa tawasaw bil-haqi wa tawasaw bil-sabr. We know that by time Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala swears by it because it's going to be the thing that either works for you or works against you and it's not True. monetary. The time is, is, you know, you can't put a monetary value on it and this is where, you know, you have the brothers like, you know, Allah will provide and then they do nothing with their time. And this is not taqwa. We know that the, the condition of, of having God consciousness is to actually put in the effort, is actually to put in the, the your part into that and then have obviously God consciousness um, and trust in Allah that he will provide. But it's like, Subhanallah, these brothers, or not these brothers, but people, they don't really think about the time in which they, they have and how they're using it to the best of their ability. Mm. Um, and yeah, like you said, you know, is the million worth it? You might say that in your comfortable, um, you know, reclining sofa with your flat screen TV and no debts on your head. Yeah, okay, that's great. But if you were to sacrifice that million, maybe you'll be happy, but you'll be paying rent. But you're happy. Yeah. You're with your child that loves you and wants to learn and, and has that respect for you. Mm. Cool, you're not, you don't have that, that, that residual income to, to buy the Rari, but you got your, your, your car that takes you from A to B. You're, <laughs> you're happy, you're happy. Yeah. And this is what, even, you know, subhanAllah, there's so many um, interesting studies that you can find. Um, I'm not going to quote it directly because I haven't got any studies to kind of show you. But you'll find that, you know, people that, are, that have less in life tend to give more. Mm. I don't know if you've come across that. People, they're yeah. really rich people. They're very rakhis. They're very stingy with their peace. They don't want to send, yeah. you know, help anyone out. You like, mean like you mean twice, according, according to in terms of um, relative means, relative. Yeah, yeah. But according so, to their means. So they might like a rich person like, might be able to give a thousand, yeah, and a poor yeah. person won't. But a poor person might give fifty pounds out of the hundred that they have, whereas the the the, the rich person's yeah. given only a thousand out of the million that they have. Yeah, it's, mm. it's, it's not relative to that. It doesn't affect them. And that's why Zakat is so, so perfect in that sense. Because it's not going to affect you. 2.5% is not going to make you cry and lose sleep at night. <laughs> it's a mercy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if everyone did their Zakat properly, like, you know, we wouldn't have any issues. Or we would have less issues. Uh, but um, subhanAllah, it's like, 
it's crazy to think that you know sometimes I think about it often like if I had say let's just say if I had like 20 million the people I know and the people I'm around they're going to be living comfortable you know what I mean like I think yeah. about it all the time I think I'm, if, I, if I have 20 million I'm paying off my uh, my yard I'm paying off my brother's yard I'm paying off my all my family's yards are getting paid off all my <laughs> boys yards are getting paid off cool you can pay me back if you want I've got 20 million why am I crying <laughs> then you talk look at these people that have 50, 100 billion sometimes mm. you can you can buy a country you can change a whole country with the type of money that these men have and subhanallah without the, the, the religion to kind of ground you it's, 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 it's like all you're doing is you're working for that monetary value and at the end of the day it's worthless it's absolutely worthless money is only a means for you to survive it's not a means for you to just to, to be at the forefront of all of your endeavours now like I said it, it goes back to the point of you know does that mean that you know, I don't strive for, for everything. No, khalas, work hard, get the money. You know, some of those were well off. They were really well off. And they were able to provide and help the ummah with that money. It's about helping the people that you're close to around you to, with, with that monetary value. This kind of went off on a different tangent. But yeah. I think that the, the message stays there. Like, you know, it's, it's balancing the fact that you want to be able to provide, but at what cost? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, are you going to be the dad that's working 12 hours? And then you come home and all the kids are asleep? And they don't get to see you. And this is why we have to have that major respect for the, for the parents. Because it's an interdependent relationship. You rely on each other so much. Mm. And this is why the mothers have a special, um, you know, uh, relationship with the children. And, and a higher status in regards to that. Because yeah. obviously they're there putting in the work when you're not there. And that's not easy, subhanAllah. Like, just witnessing, for example, yourself um, and, and say other brothers and people that I know that have children. Like, I'm here, uh, obviously very ignorant. And I might hear a baby cry and think, oh, subhanAllah, that's so annoying, for example. <laughs> you're, you're dealing with that on a daily basis. You're dealing with the child puking on you. You're dealing with the child screaming, changing nappies, you know, stomach ache, going to the hospital six, seven hours in the hospital just to get checked. And, and, and that ignorance that I have, obviously, inshallah, I'll be able to experience that. But obviously, I'm looking at it from a, from a very a one-sided point of view. So, oh, yeah, I, I could never deal with that. But my parents did. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So why am I disrespecting them? My parents did that. Yeah, I'm here talking back to them or, or not treating them with the respect that they deserve. Yeah. And it just it's like a it's like a it's a beautiful cycle. Like only until you have a child do you really appreciate your parents. Mm. So inshallah, like hopefully I'll be at a stage where I can truly appreciate them. But I kind of use these examples to kind of fit into that um equation and think to myself, um, you know, let me just call my parents and tell them I appreciate them. And, you know, whatever happened, happened. Were you there? Were you not? Alhamdulillah, you provided. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. we weren't struggling in our way or whatever it is. And some people might have, um, you know, their issues with, with their their families. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make it easy for them all. I mean, I mean. Because it's not easy. And, you know, some parents are unjust. How many stories do you hear? You know, subhanAllah, you know, I know someone that's a police officer and you'll be surprised to hear some of the stories that you hear, mm. you know, about how, you know, you're going into someone's yard and children are being neglected. Even myself, when I used to fix phones, I'll never forget, I did a job once and I went inside the yard and it was filthy, it smelled like marijuana. The mother was just like, yeah, you know, fix my phone, I need to get access to all my dealers and I'm just scratching my head like, there's a child in the room and the child was wow. neglected. The child didn't have a nappy on. The child wow. didn't have a nappy on and I was like... Rah, like, I'm a stranger walking into your house. Your house a tip. It stinks. I walked out. I was like, I'm sorry, I can't do this job. But I walked out. Whoa, and I just really? sat like on the bus. Yeah, yeah. I was like, sorry, I, I'm sorry. I, unfortunately, I'm not able to do this job. Like, you know, sometimes, like my dad's in the same field where you go into customs. You yeah. know, you can, you have to be, you have to be smart. Like, you need to right. be able to assess, like, you know, whether that person's gonna be someone that's gonna cause you problems. Right, right, you right. Know, oh, you fixed it. You sometimes you'll do the job and then the person will be like, oh, you didn't do nothing. Mm. You just spent 50 pounds on a part and you spent an hour and a half with labor. And they're like, yeah, well, you didn't really do anything. I'm not paying you, say, the 120 pounds you said. I'm only gonna give you 50 pounds for the part. There's been times where I'm with my pops because obviously I used to go on jobs with him back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he would just be like, cool. And then we'll be there, we'll take the part off and we'll dip. And obviously wow. it's mad, like, you know, dad's upset everything's like yeah, yeah. But, but what can you do like you're not going to take them to court that's extra stress of course, extra of course. Who's going to do alhamdulillah that? not everyone is like that but it's just like subhanallah it just goes back to the point of you know some parents they really neglect their children and you see it and i think hamza touched on it as well with like last last week's episode where you know you're having so many parents that are like you know abusive to each other and the child is witnessing that and mm. it has a psychological effect it has a psychological effect and then the parents are not, not willing to accept that, you know, deal with it. 
Yeah, this is the way I am. If yeah. you don't like it, cut. <laughs> what kind of what kind of uh, mindset is that? You know what I mean? So it's like the responsibility is beyond just yourself. It's like this is the, this is when I say you become a true man now. You're a man now because you're not just thinking about yourself. You're thinking about person A, your wife, person B, or even C, your your two children, for example. Then you have, you know. Uh, you know all these external um, variables as well brothers, yeah, yeah, sisters, yeah. mothers that you have to you have to look after them of course. Uh, your par- our parents are getting old who's looking after them that's it who's doing justice to them so it's it's, 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 it's like you know and I think that subhanAllah it's a great thing that we were we, we were doing this young because it kind of makes you um, take life more seriously mm. you know some people they, they get this mindset maybe late 20s maybe mid 30s and you know Alhamdulillah like you said everyone's journey is different everyone yeah. will do their um, get to that stage in their own time, and it's it's down to the to, to the will of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. But um, you know, this life's a test, and we're not going to be here for long. Before you know it, you're six feet under, and what was it all worth? So it's uh, it's a it's a it's a very this guy's ending on know, some I, I, uh, deep deep point here, man. Like uh, it's deep, I'm it's pr- deep isn't it? Like, I'm pretty I sure, think about I'm pretty often, sure I bought you on. I was like, bro, it's going to be a banterful episode, man. Isn't it? It's going to be nice. <laughs> Inshallah. <laughs> Nah, but it's it's true, man. Like, I love us We ask Allah to make it easy for us, and you know, bless everyone that's that's struggling out there. I mean, I mean, I mean. Nah, you're right, bro. You're right. You're right. Subhanallah. And uh, and uh, you're right. This is it's good for us to start thinking about it. You know, now, yeah. Like I say that, you know, oh, we're meant to have a a, a fun episode, and and I'm sure it was fun, yeah. But but we do have to bring mm. up these serious points, yeah, because um. At the end of the day, you know, the, the earlier you talk about the serious matters of life, yeah, the more prepared you can be when they when they come up. You don't want to be hit with them, you know, later, uh, and 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 then you know you have you have to kind of struggle through that. So hopefully, you know, whoever's listening has has taken you know some benefit from this before inshallah, they had to inshallah. jump into it. And hopefully, yourself, Maruf, obviously, this was uh, to yeah, benefit no, yourself yeah. as well, inshallah, because. Uh, we're, we're, we're counting down the days, inshallah, when when you do let us know the good news, inshallah, inshallah if dua, Allah, Allah allows it, uh, the good news of having children, inshallah. So thanks for coming, bruv. And uh, inshallah, we, we need to bring you back again. You know, I think we have a lot more antics to speak about um, from definitely, high school bro, days. Uh, there's probably so many more questions that you need answered about having children or whatnot. 100%. So let's, 100%. Let's, uh, let's do it, inshallah. Zakhl khair ma'aruf. Take care, bro. Assalamu alaikum. Take care. Ma'asalaam. Ma'asalaam.